Welcome to the Backwards Infect at Twitter and Gmail under that same name. I have just one question for you. How soon is now? So in the beginning, there was darkness. Uh, void was was there. At least that's how the book of Genesis starts. And again, you look at that as something that you learn instead of a, a state of consciousness. As I've evolved as a human being, as a being, as wanting to attain more knowledge in the area of consciousness, I've incorporated it into my mind's eye. And ever since I was, you know, started meditating, you'll notice if the mind's eye is not open, that the first you have your closed eyelids. So, you know, in your third dimension, if you shut your eyes, you're going to see the back of your eyelids. If you just wanted to stay as like, I'm just shutting my eyes and relaxing. But there is a doorway there when you take your energy into your body and you begin to let it come to you in a sense where, where consciousness wakes up to itself. And what I mean by that is you could be staring at the back of your eyelids, but there's a little small shift that it changes to, you know, your mind's eye is like it's looking out into space or it's looking out into a void. And if you can relax and really go from the thoughts that consume you in this three-dimensional place that cause all the stresses of life, if you can relax into yourself and realize just the beginning of you being a multi-dimensional being and feel that energy and start to play around with that energy, bringing it up to your head, it starts to reveal itself. Yesterday, I had one of the craziest mind's eye visuals that I've ever had because normally in beginners and, you know, I'll even call myself a beginner because, you know, mind's eye is a, a very tricky thing to master, you know, what your brain wants to react to. So normally you have images come in your head and your brain wants to react like, what is that? Or just, just saying, what is that? Like you just can't be still. Yesterday I had a breakthrough because I was like, I just want to stay in a state of relaxation and move the energy from my root to my head, not trying to create any magical experience other than getting energy moving up to my head, not trying to like turn into Superman or anything like that. I'm just relaxed in a state of being and letting that mind's eye do whatever it wants to do. Just letting it come to me. Obviously there is a slight bit of projection that for me to keep that attention along with the feeling of the body. So there's a moment where I was teetering in between falling asleep, which is if you can practice that, it's kind of, it's kind of helpful to really turn the mind's eye on but I was fully conscious and this woman appeared and it was like an AI beautiful being uh, short curly hair, you know, right about the ear length. And it was um, kind of puffed out a little bit. Um, and I looked right in her eyes and I didn't react with my brain. Then I just looked in her eyes and a couple seconds went by and I was remaining relaxed. And then she just winked at me like it was the perfect wink ever. And, and then her eyes opened back up or that left eye and she winked again. 
And it was the first time I've ever been able to, while I was awake, hold something like that or that kind of experience in my mind's eye that long without the brain wanting to, you know, shut it down so quickly. Um, and the feeling, I did want to bring up the contrast because the feeling, you know, you could say like entity, what's the difference between entity? Like this was like love and radiance and in the mind's eye, a lot of times you, you can see like different entities and energies, but they're more like distraction or, or wanting to grab your attention. This was like, I'm ready to see you. I will reveal myself. Here I am. Wink, wink. It was, it was pretty profound. There's a stark difference between a lot of the stuff you see in the mind's eye and then something that presents itself as, you know, pure love and energy that makes you feel in your being kind of like when you hear the spoken word visually that was like looking at the spoken word yeah that's that's really cool um to take a couple steps back uh you're talking about moving the energy up from the root to the head and I know that energy is super subtle but can we talk about it a little bit in terms of just trying to let people know that this isn't like some kind of like new age energy that you're moving like that it is subtle but it is tangible like what's actually going on there um and do you want me to start or you want you want to take it yeah, I can I can explain what I was doing. And it I like when I first start, I I I go to my toes and um whenever you draw attention to something with your awareness. So you have your awareness and you take that to your toes and they start to tingle a bit. Like you can feel the blood flow. And uh any guided meditation, you know, you kind of work up the body, you feel your calves and you might when you get to your calves, you might start feeling the the muscles pop. You know, it's like you know, the physical body interacts with that energy. So you put your attention on your thighs and then, you know, muscles uh, start doing little spasms or it starts tingling and it's just recognition. So, but spiritually the root, when you put uh, your attention on the root, uh, just from the knowledge that we have, that sexual energy is, um, a little bit more powerful than anywhere in the body. So uh, the goal for me is always on the root. Once I get my body relaxed and I've kind of gone from head to toe and, and, and I'm out of the thought space and into my being space, then as I'm in tandem with my mind's eye, I'm focusing on my root and drawing that energy up to my brain. And a lot of the people that we've talked to talk about the lack of energy that humanity has in the brain. And it may just be a mechanical issue just because of our own survival and what we've had to do over the last thousands of years. So that's, that's basically what I do, nothing, nothing magical other than what I already have in, in my own body. So to, to try to explain like the, the relatable tangibility of it, it's the same energy that you feel like when you're nervous to ride a roller coaster. It's the same energy you feel when, when you have nerves, it's the same energy you feel in many other facets of your life but what happens is you feel that energy and immediately the ego and the brain claims it with explanation oh i'm feeling that because of whatever and what you're talking about is relaxing completely and then consciously willingly start to work with the energy and pulling the energy up. Yes. So, yeah, I, and if, 
that's why I say, you know, me being a beginner as far as um, being able to lay down and relax and let consciousness works such the opposite of the brain and goals and everything. So anytime anything comes up where you feel like you're making any progress, the brain wants to get involved. You know, the ego brain wants to get involved. It wants to take um, anything it can get, anything it will get you. It's um, very easy to do, but yet one of the most difficult things to do. So when you talk about be still and know, the challenge is laying there and doing that perfectly. And that is something I think you can easily overlook. Like you can be close in meditation, like feel your body like, Oh, I feel myself. I'm vibrating. This is cool. And, but you don't realize like 75% of the time, like your, your brain is still active. Like it's very subtle to relax all the way. I'm talking about to you, especially like get down to details, like your jaw, like your jaw can, the jaw is one of the most, you know, stressful places of the day. You know, if you do anything with your mouth, um, you know, chew gum or whatever. I like to chew gum during the day. So notice like how tense your jaw is. Like, can you relax everything in the body and let consciousness discover itself? Because consciousness works in a way where if you do that, it just kind of takes you and reveals how it wants to there is no like the brain saying oh i see that i got there oh and I'm, I'm here i'm there oh is it going to take five more minutes that consciousness works like completely opposite yeah the the unconscious tension in the body and the the willful relaxation of the body but i think uh one other point just to try to uh, make clear in terms of somebody that might be skeptical about energy. If you take that somebody that's skeptical and then, you know, I snap my fingers and make them like a meditative master, one of the things that they're going to notice making that jump is the energy we were talking about was there all along. And you're going to be able to recognize it from other aspects of your life. But you always had it caught up in stuff going on in your mind. So every time you felt energy, it was immediate. You you had it labeled and, and you had it and you had it understood. And and the mind would claim it. And in a lot of ways that's happening really quick and then you maybe emotions get involved and storage of that energy gets involved. But you, you were so involved with that energy that you didn't realize like the meditative um, power of it. But what you're talking about is through that relaxation process and through the process, when you relax the body, it does have a mechanical relationship where it, it also relaxes the mind. Like the process of relaxing the body also relaxes the mind and then you can become more and more aware of your of of your thoughts and become less and less reactive of those thoughts but at that point you have more of a free flowing energy would that be correct free flowing and then mm-hmm. at times when you're in a meditative practice that fleet free flowing energy can engage in new activity that can only be described as mystical. Right. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Um, For me, uh, something I'm discovering is when you apply the complete relaxation of the body and you're just focusing on, you know, getting energy up to your, you know, mind's eye, you're just getting, uh, it flowing up your back. Uh, you might even see the snake, you know, spiraling up your up your spine. 
in your mind's eye, which is totally cool because uh, I've, I've felt like it made me sick um, uh, yesterday when when I saw that, not, not the image, but just I, I feel like there could be some type of blockage there. But what I noticed is when you're super relaxed and you're moving the energy up, I know some energy is getting through, but in my back, I feel like there's some kind of blockage. But when that energy is coming upwards and you're super relaxed and you have no thoughts that are distracting you, it was kicking up my mind's eye as though you were feeding, you know, the consciousness to discover it. So I think that's a key there when you talk about, you know, why do you do that? And, um, what consciousness needs, you know, the building blocks is energy. So if you're able to relax yourself and bring that energy from the root, in that super relaxed state with no expectation and no motives or, or no goals other than bringing the energy up. That's when I saw that woman right at that moment. And, you know, we've talked about astral projection and you needing energy to do that. I think you're just, you're training yourself to be able to have those type of activities as you progress Yeah, I, I know you didn't say it. It's your experience, but I'm going to go ahead and say it for you. It, it does seem like a divine mother winking. I mean, in, in the past, we would have said in, in a moment of stillness that the universe will look back at you. I think we, we both have like some real old meditative uh, experience where it something is happening where it feels like the universe is looking back. I know this one sounds like it was even more so than that and with as much detail as you're talking about it does just it looks like a nod from the divine that's just like there you go like i got it yeah i do i do want to touch on that too because that experience the reason why it was profound and the reason why um i agree with you totally just because of the feeling and i i think it's worth talking about when you do this like you're bringing energy up i see like things walking i don't necessarily feel anything or you could see faces you could see something pop in you i mean i've had stuff to pop in split second and look at me it's not the best of feelings so there are entities like you are peeking into uh whatever you you know parallel universes higher dimensions whatever you want to call it you're peeking in so the difference in, in entity, then none of that can hurt you. It's not, um, nothing that's, you know, should, you should be scared of, but when a moment like that happens, there was, uh, just like I said, the only way to describe it is if you're talking to someone who's speaking the spoken word and that speaks to your heart and you just know, and, and that had the same kind of radiant energy to it. There was no fear whatsoever. It's always about, you know, trying to do that for three seconds and then, you know, training your mind to take a back seat to so your consciousness can evolve. Uh, just part of the ego brain dying. But that that's the difference for me. It's having an experience like that. Um, totally different. I mean, it, it, it hits you way different. And the feeling that I got was one of encouragement, love light you know whatever you want to call it there's no bad feelings or anything but i do i don't know what it is but i see um a lot of times i'll just see legs walking or not even full bodies but just a lot of motion um and i think that's just your you you are feeding your mind's eye energy to be able to, to look into different places. So it's not as if you like are super tuned in on exactly where to go or where to look, but that divine mother thing was just, it was not there and then it was there. So it was pretty cool. 
Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, it definitely, that's really what I took away from it when you told me the story is that, oh, that's that's just a, a real literal divine nod of of there you go, it's working in the, in the right direction. I think key was, I mean, it, it always is, is uh, that relaxation. That's one of the things I always get in terms of um, um, the guided meditations. And, I mean, you can talk to some teachers and some of the guided meditations are frowned upon. But one thing about them is if, you ha- if you're on a practice and you, you've gone without them for, you know, maybe a month or maybe a little bit more than that to reintroduce one and just go through the guided meditation. Cause a lot of times, like I think I'm relaxing, I think I'm relaxing pretty good. And then I'll do a guided and I'll be like, Oh my gosh, I can get even deeper into this relaxation. Yes. That's so true. I even said that to myself earlier, like, um, get is that's you know accountability for myself is being able to sit in a quiet room and relax yourself totally is key and um you know i i totally understand what you're talking about a guided meditation um gets you there but i i it's it's so much better if it can be super quiet room because all your senses are going, you you have a little bit of suggestion going on when you have a guided minute, uh, teacher. To, yeah. There is some suggestion and there's nothing wrong with that. The, you know, I, I see the value on it. it you really like hone in on listening to what he's saying, but in, in a lot of ways it can be somewhat him hypnotic because you're following the suggestion but for me learning to do it like all by myself to get that still and relaxed and get myself to basically no will and let consciousness discover itself is like the most beautiful thing. I think we should mention just because we're so deep on it. Like this is a, done correctly this is a fairly time consuming process correct yes i mean so it's not like you sit down in five minutes like you're relaxed like that there's not really a shortcut to the relaxation that we're talking about i would say um an hour uh is is uh it depends like uh, i i feel like if you're beginning you know, I always sat in a chair, but now that I'm teetering, I always think about the movie um, OA. You know, they're teetering on death. Like one way we can do it here is teeter on falling asleep. Um, so I like the four o'clock time because I can get myself good and relaxed for 20 minutes. And then I can let that relaxation start to follow me to sleep, but not fall asleep. So if you can go right. at stage one, still conscious, then your mind's eye really starts to take over. And that stage one is where I was at. But I never lost consciousness and I never fell asleep. So if you're just starting out, I, I you know, I, if you're just starting out, what you're, you're going to do is fall asleep because you're so glad that you could fall asleep peacefully. And the first, the first thing I did, if you lay down and you, your mind's been like troubling you, and you've never known how to shut it down, all you're going to want to do is be like, oh, I can fall asleep. So, yeah, I mean, in the beginning, straight back chair, comfortable. Um, it's probably not the best uh, because you're you're going to end up falling asleep. I mean, it's nothing bad, but if you want to progress, um, it may not be that advantageous to go from meditation to deep sleep uh, immediately because but it's it's a it's a 
it's a pretty rigorous process in terms of that relaxation of the body. So when when you if you're starting from the bottom, working your way up, like it's a slow process, even getting to the calves, even getting to the knees. Like it, it's a uh, yes, yeah. I mean, you're yeah. It's 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 nothing to rush. I mean, you can you can kind of tell like as you move up your body, your muscles kind of talk back to you. Right. They, you know, your calf will shake a little bit, you know, whenever it, your calf feels settled in and move past your knees. And as you move up, you'll feel the little muscle spasms and you'll feel your body, your physical body settle in with the, the energy that you're giving it. It's almost like, uh, I would say that's what, w- when they talk about natural healers, that's, that's what you're getting into. Um, yeah, as you're moving up, you're you're leaving behind like a wake of like stilled energy. Yeah. And and that is tangible. Yeah. At times could be super tangible. So that still energy that we leave behind Eventually, what we're going to do is relax the entire body. And once you get to that point, now this is where, with the conscious will, we start pulling the energy just in an upward motion. Yes, and uh, the root is the root. Um, so just, just as though the definition of a root that, you know, the root of your energy, um, your, you know, sexual region from there to, to, you know, your lower back. And you'll notice that once your body is relaxed, that, you know, it's called the root for a reason. It's, it's, um, it's a starting place for you to start pulling energy and then just as though you move your attention around your body, you can start to move that energy along with your attention up your back and uh, top of your neck into the top of your head. You might even feel, you know, tingling sensations at the top of your head. The trick is for me, you're doing this in tandem with the mind's eye. So there is going to be times when a thought takes you away and you, you know, you just go back to the energy and start all over. But the key is to continue looking at the mind's eye with no effort as far as trying to manufacture anything but letting consciousness discover itself. So as it, is the is the energy in your mind's eye? Like are you are you pulling the energy up in your mind's eye? Do you do you have a conscious vision there that you're creating? No, other than, you know, when images are starting to be produced, then that's the way it seems. So you're pulling the energy up just with pure awareness inside the body? Correct. Okay. While maintaining awareness in the mind's eye and you're just waiting for the mind's eye to show you anything correct yeah that's a little that's a little bit different from me because what i'm normally doing is i'm getting my mind's eye involved in the energy coming up so you're talking about maybe even one more layer of relaxation that I'm missing. So this is interesting. You just, what I end up doing when I get totally relaxed is I imagine some kind of system where I'm pulling the energy up. But what's interesting, like when, when I've talked about this, I snap so hard that it, it literally knocks me out. And then I, I have to, I snap myself too, because the mind's eye pulled me so hard. But what you're talking about is interesting because it might be more subtle if 
I'm just doing it on the internal awareness and then just patiently wait for the mind's eye. I might not be so pulled in by it. Yeah, the key for me is yeah that relaxation and, and no effort. Because um, anything, effort is usually in, seduced by some type of thought. Yes. So to get down to nothing in nothingness and let consciousness discover itself or reveal itself or, you know, see, which takes me to in the beginning, there was darkness and I don't want to portray that the whole I am God thing. Cause that's not the point. Obviously, I guess the best word is fragments that if we have the universe within us to observe back, that's the only way that this creation can know itself or realize itself. So we have that in us, you know, I am God is not the message I want to send out. Although everything in this universe is paradoxical, like everything on this path is paradoxical. So you take Genesis in the beginning, there was darkness. Consciousness discovers what it can do. Consciousness discovers creating. But it's the same thing that we're doing in our mind's eye. It's the same thing. You start in the same paradoxical way. I started off the program. You close your eyes. You see the back of your eyelids. I'm talking about maybe a little bit higher in the mind's eye. You start with darkness. No one starts the process with just, so it slowly reveals itself. So you take consciousness in the beginning and there's darkness and it begins to understand what it is and what consciousness it is. Then you get into Einstein's, E equals MC squared um, and what creates matter, which comes from consciousness. So us like doing meditation here is somehow the whole universe too, which then leads me to speculate on what happens when we die in the multiple universes that may be out there. Because I said from the very, very beginning, before I even got into this kind of detail, I feel like what we would think is a big bang in the three-dimensional world is is an energy, a consciousness, uh, like a caterp- caterpillar becoming a butterfly. But when we die, it's like a big bang of consciousness thrust into the void understanding it's capable and E equals MC squared applies to all. Or let there be light. Let there be light. And that, well, so this is what I'm saying. You go to the astral and you're in a dark room and you say, let there be light. There's light. Instantly. It's, it's not at the same, it's not the same laws. It's not, it's not the same time space area. It's whatever you need, whatever you want, you produce it instantly. We say the speed of thought because it's the only, it's the only, that's the best word you can put it into. Like when you're at in the astral, like I want to go to Mars, I'm in Mars. Okay. So we say speed of thought, like I don't have a better word to explain it. Words don't do it justice. But isn't it very paradoxical? Yeah, especially going back to the contrast of 
like what an what an awakening is. I mean, because the ignorance or the unconsciousness is just a matter of not understanding and, and being fooled by your own facade of that same thing happening all the time. Yeah. So here you're always trying to understand that you are not your thoughts and there you're always trying to understand that your thought is manifest instantly like that's the most paradoxical thing ever so what do you think happens when you die if you die correctly like you die like Jesus died on the cross or, um, that, I mean, that's cream of the crop. I understand, but uh, you're on your deathbed and you know how to die and you die correctly. You die with that same understanding. You die in the meditative state. You die in love. You die free. You're, yeah, in your eyes, there's darkness. You're then catapulted that energy from the mind's eye. Your energy body. What are you capable of and what happens? Yeah, it's a super interesting question. I mean it reminds me of what we were talking about last week where there's the scale. So you have, you know, all of humanity is on the scale, like divinity is coming through all of humanity. And the only question is like what percentage? So normally it's, it's just, you know, fractions, but then you have an example of Buddha, which is able to let, a, a large amount of divinity through his tangible experience of body. So the question of like what happens when you die, I think it's directly proportional to the amount of divinity that can shine through at that time. Or to say it another way, what happens when you die, it depends on how conscious you are, how much awareness you can have. And the more awareness that you can bring to the experience of death, the more divinity and consciousness you're going to bring to whatever happens next. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely an interesting question. Um, don't don't want to put it out there that I know the answer to that. So these are just things that I've pondered on over the years and, um, just drawn some conclusions of, of what I think would happen. Um, I mean, if you get to darkness, like you were saying, and you have enough non-reactive conscious light in you, I mean, yeah, I think that is a big bang. I think that is something something that we could recognize as like the big bang. It's kind of like the same thing where like you see the galaxies and then like you look at the human eye and it's like geez, those things are really close. Yes. Like yeah, that's what I'm talking it, about. Right. So you have these paradox paradoxical things, but then you also have like these things that are like so similar. Like how come the nucleus and the electrons look almost like a solar system. Like what's going on here? The very big ends up looking like something that's very, very small. Like how, how could that be? But I think that's what you're saying with the death experience. Cause you can kind of, the, the only thing that we can contemplate in terms of the universe where it's like, what happens when something goes outside of time? Like we all, everything that, in order to even ask that question, you need to go back to the Big Bang. That's the only example we have of like getting back out of time. 
is to go back to the Big Bang. And then when you look at like the possibility of your own consciousness and, and the 3D and your own death, like bringing you to blackness, bringing you to that place outside of time. That's infinite that, void. Yeah, that, it looks very, very similar. Infinite, infinite voids. Right. Yeah, that's exactly my point. Like, um, there's infinite voids because everybody has one. So you look at, when we look at, I've talked about this before and probably explained it very horrible. When you look at size three-dimensionally, you can't wrap your mind around it. You can't really wrap your mind around how many light years we're away from certain places. Um, that's when you talk about, like, what are the what is the government going to reveal tomorrow? They're not going to reveal shit. Because it's impossible in time space for us to be visited in the three dimension, in the third dimension, but it is entirely possible, and we're visited every freaking day in higher dimensions. It's just people can't see them. I mean, it's but it's out of time space. That's out of time space. So when you look at size as far as the universe from our perspective, in one third dimension is massive. But when you look at it from the perspective of infinity as far as how many of them, like this universe is a speck. Like the size is like the space in between, uh, just say Earth and Mars. It's just dead time space. It's nothingness. It's nothingness. So the, the distance makes no difference whatsoever. It's not like... When you look at it in terms of how powerful we are and what we could possibly manifest when we die, like this is a speck, a speck of, of what in, infinite is. You just can't put it into words in, in human form. You can't, you see glimpses of that and the experiences you have in the astral because uh, time space doesn't apply and it, teleportation is a real thing it's a real thing so you go anywhere in the universe instantly that's faster than the speed of light the last time i checked yeah and i think the moral of the story is the importance of consciousness at death and i mean and we've talked about this a little bit i feel like it was a long time ago but uh, that's a lot of the great masters. Um, some of the like most beautiful parables are are about the death, and th there's there's a lot that goes in. And I'm not going to be able to come up with the names. I'm and but you you just listen to you know somebody like Osho or um, any of the other masters talk about other masters and what death is like for these meditative masters and they bring so much awareness and consciousness into that moment that they do seem to at times leave ripples like even in the 3d like for example um uh, you you hear about like hidden messages inside of earth or in, inside of rocks you know footprints in solid rock you you there's all kinds of like little things you hear and i'm certainly not one who is has in, investigated this materialistically but the idea about awareness and meditative mastery and death and how those things collide and the notion that we have any idea what's capable at that moment, I think is ridiculous. Like that's, it's such a powerful moment that it, it seems like there could be a lot more possible there than uh, what we materialistically realize. 
Yeah, it's an interesting thing to talk about. It's not. It's definitely a lot like the "Who Am I?" question. It's um, uh, a lot of it is open ended. A lot of it is theory based. Um, I, I definitely don't think I, I have the answer, but when you apply all the paradoxical things, um, you you can start to connect the dots with just about everything. Um, I mean, we understand we have a mind mind's eye, and that starts out as darkness. So you can start to apply all these things and and if if they make sense kind of leads me in that direction um but it doesn't matter because i'm not going to experience it until i die um which could be well you know that's that's interesting too because i don't know that that's even uh, your experience is not going to happen to your die but i think some of the stuff that people are talking about um like there's that uh, that gigantic tree stump from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I can't remember the uh, Devil's something, uh, a, a famous landmark, but it's also brought to it um, pilgrimages, pilgrimage of like meditative masters, and so the idea is that they've left something behind because they've died there presently died there with awareness or died there with consciousness. And the idea is like they've left something behind. So if you go there as a, as a meditative master and just like what we were talking about, if, if you have spent the time to understand your own relaxation and your own energy process, people go there but now that mind's eye that you saw open, which was, you know, this vision of the Divine Mother, but that could meet something that the Master left behind connected to this 3D world. So if you get in the right state, now you're having a direct interaction with this person like it's Star Wars or something. But that's just the mystical stories about what's possible. So my point being that it's a wide range of possibilities as soon as you go into these um, meditative mastery deaths. I think that there's a lot that they're doing because if you think about the power of leaving something behind from from that point of view it, it's such a it's such an action of bodhicitta it's such an action of for the betterment of the world your last act is to be helpful to to the people you you leave behind yeah yeah there's there's definitely some bucket list places yeah sure. um when you were talking, you kind of sparked when I was meditating, I, I, I did kind of leave something out that I wanted to mention is when you kind of heart made a hard right turn there. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, oh yeah. Sorry. I forgot to mention. So when the body is completely relaxed, what I've been doing differently now, um, is, uh, and, and on a small scale, uh, you can do it with your hand first. And w- once your whole body is relaxed, you can start to turn your hand or relax your hand and move just the energy of the hand. So it's kind of tricky to think about, but you can get it going. So when I got into that stage one sleep, and I was, I was, you know, rocking that energy back and forth. And all I'm doing, I think, is, is getting me more prepared for AP experiences and uh, more prepared and in touch with uh, my energy body. Um, I think it's helpful and I think it's uh, 
preparing me more. I think it's I think it's pushing me in the right direction because the one thing that when I did um, previously with success is when me and you talked about rocking back and forth. I say that because if you, if you rock your chest, a lot of times you can it'll it'll try to go in tandem with your breathing and can kind of mess you up because you're like, what well, do I rock back on a breath in or rock forward with a breath out and it kind of gets you off on breathing but try it with your hand like just rock the energy back and forth in the hand and then you can do it in your legs and then like your hips like i'm shaking it back and forth so i say that because i got into stage one and i was like doing this with my hands i literally my hands weren't moving that was right in side energy body that's doing something in preparation before sleep and i've noticed that and then when they started doing this they just started doing that kind of on their own in stage one so i think it's going to be very helpful for ap experiences um and doing any of that in tandem with the mind's eye in stage one is very productive it's very because you're out of your 3d body you're in your energy body. You're interacting with your energy body. If your hands are doing this, your energy body is what's doing it. Like your physical body is so relaxed that so your energy body is, you know, moving. And if you're in tandem with the mind's eye, then you start to connect the dots. You keep saying tandem with the mind's eye. Are you just relaxed in the eyelids and just being patient? Yes. So, you know, like, that's why I said four o'clock. So you've relaxed your body. You know, when you start to fall asleep, your mind side kicks on. Yeah. Stage one is what you're looking for. Because as soon as you go into stage one, you don't have to try to turn the mind's eye on. It just turns, it just turns on. And now, like, a better... another way to say that would be like your thoughts will take on massive identity at that stage. Like a little thought about like what you needed to do at work and you'll have a whole world created around it in a second. Yeah. Pretty much like subconscious ruling the dreams at night. Correct. Yeah. Um, But if you're conscious and you fall into stage one and you're consciously have the mind's eye open, you're uh, above the subconscious at that point, which is exactly where you want to be. So when you fall asleep, like, like every, like wants to fall asleep into the subconscious and then dream about, you know, what's going on there. But that's keeping it above that is, is all I'm trying to do. Yeah, there's good there's good stuff there in terms of uh, with me. Like there's, um, I'm definitely sensing some stuff that could be helpful. A lot of times, like I have to figure out ways to just go ahead and engage my mind. And you're you're talking about something that's maybe more in the body, more tangible that way. I think I need to try that. Um, but a lot of times, like I'm just in, in, instead of, um, instead of working it with the tangible energy in the body, I just let my mind come up with a conscious pro project. And like the one I've been doing lately is, um, if there's something specific that's got you irritated, like life situation that could work, but I think it works better if it's just like a generalization. Like if you just like turn on the news and you just get that general sense of like chaos out there and you breathe in and you just breathe like all the hate, all the pain, all the sadness, you breathe it all into your heart. 
and like it's black smoke. Breathe it all into your heart. And then when you exhale, you just exhale that neo light like out of your heart, out of the body. You breathe in all the pain, all the darkness, breathe out all the light, all the joy. And so I, a lot of times I have these conscious pro- projects like that where I'm just, I'm just trying to take the will of the mind and have it be mine. Still, it's still on that last barrier. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. definitely different. And for me, like laying down, like stillness is it's, it's another level. It's like nothing is going to play games. Like it's just stillness and energy, stillness, energy, mind's eye. That's it. Yeah, I, I certainly don't disagree with you. I want to, I want to try that. I just, um, a lot of times there's, there, there definitely seems to be mental activation and it, it's so hard that it either creates something quickly or it knocks me unconscious, um, where I, I'll even forget where I am. It's almost, um, it's not a, not a very subtle thing. So it's hard for me to stand guard at the mind's eye, I think is what I'm trying to say. What does that mean? It's, it's hard for me to, um, from that project be still and not get caught up in something. Yeah. So there, so there's, there's going to be thoughts for me. I mean, my experience yesterday when I had there, there's going to be thoughts that pop up. There was thoughts that pop up with me. I mean, I, I, it, you have to go, what I'm committed to is stillness, mind's eye, and energy. But when a thought pops up, it's obvious that I've engaged with it, and it's taking some of my energy. So I just go back to, I'm here for stillness, mind's eye, and energy. It might have happened 30 times yesterday. Yeah, and that's... Another way to say that it's non-reactive. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not necessarily. Well, you're pulling out of, of, of a thought once you realize it's trying to take your energy, but there, you know, your mind may be less active um, certain times than other days. Like sometimes I may able to sit into the body and, you know, two or three thoughts pop in and I've, disengage and stay focused on the task at hand, which is no task at hand, <laughs> stillness, right. energy, mind's eye. And, um, but I think recognizing like those, those thought processes, they are things that are trying to take that energy. Like you're like, it's a very valuable thing. Yes. It's very valuable. I actually, I I think we are closer than what we were thinking before, because that, that's all I'm saying is like there's, it, it's not like a smooth transition into the stillness. Like the stillness um, will be tested. Correct. Yes. Yeah, and it, and that's that's um, uh, the only thing that I would say the commitment is to go back once you realize what, what the goal was, which is really no goal. But I mean, when that thought comes in, you have to go back to stillness and recognize what happened. And, and that becomes less and less, but you get to a point where that doesn't happen anymore. Once you're relaxed enough. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, I th- when you first lay down, it can be a bit of a, 
um, I guess annoyance. But the idea for me is I, if I start to struggle, I'm, I'm done. Like I can't be. Yeah. That's what I think I'm saying too, is as soon as it reaches like a certain amount of struggle, then I'll just change and I'll commit to a a, a conscious will project of. Oh, that's interesting. Being instead of, instead of, I think it's just a matter of time. Like, so if it goes like beyond 20 minutes and it's like, okay, I'm not just going to keep doing this. Like it, it reaches a point where I'm like, I'll just, I'll take control, which is ridiculous, but I'll take control and I'll just use this as a manifested moment. But at one the things that I think in terms of mechanical spirituality that make it kosher is you, you from then on you're just spending time pushing light out into the world like that you become a vessel for just pushing light onto the world but it's weird like to the level you can relax like into that project you know how you always say like it's hard to hold something in the mind's eye yeah like when a, a conscience a a conscious project of will like that like you can really keep that you can really have that like if you get in a rhythm it's like in darkness out light in darkness out light. it's almost like you get it to where it's like attached to your breathing like you forget you're even doing it but there's something zen about those states too but it's the mind is very, very cunning. Like if, if you, if you've never been able to drop it, then it's very, very difficult to even understand these conversations about the mind, the mind, and like what it's capable of doing in terms of tripping you up, tripping you up. But at the same time, if you have seen through the mind, like the 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 mind like isn't necessarily always the problem like the mind can be harnessed for conscious projection the problem is like we are never doing it consciously like in our day-to-day stuff it's it's most most of the time it's just this unconscious project but when you flip that and you bring full awareness into the, to the project of a mind uh, and, and what it's manifesting at that moment, and especially if that manifestation is at the root some type of bodhicitta projection or some type of projection to better everyone, not just better myself, like that's you're doing heart work at that time, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you explained it beautifully. You are you're. Um, I mean, anything consciously is 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 doing hard work. Um, I I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I just um, I just see a slight difference in like the surrender of of you know stillness and and letting something be revealed to you and lo and behold like something was revealed to me you know right like it was nothing um but i i mean i do a lot of what you're talking about too um so there's I think it's all projection and receiving like where, where you find yourself. Are you projecting it out? Or are you being still enough to receive? Yes. And that projection is, 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 it's not an, it's not an effort. It's like a, it's like a seeking. Um, and it's, it's, it's very light. So you're, you're not projecting so hard that you're not going to receive anything. It's, it's really, if you're consciously looking into the mind's eye, um, 
in your in your energy body you are projecting you are seeking um, there is some small shifts that when you're looking at the back of your eyelids you can kind of i think you talked about this in the very beginning you can kind of pull that awareness back and it kind of puts you in more of your mind's eye um, it's very hard for me to put that into words uh, i'm not going to articulate it the best but uh, there are some shifts that you can do to you know make sure you're in that receiving mode but um just a lot of conversations we had last week i it just hit me like when i meditate um you know the word that you used relaxation and um i i just want to relax charge the energy body be still and focus my attention on the mind's eye. That's all I want to do. Oh.